The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. The of um, sharing the preach with Jeanette, I think he's going to be doing a chunk of it. I'm just going to be doing a tiny bit um, at the very beginning. But when Natalie first spoke to us on the, on the subject of God's grace, she was basically helping us see God's grace as parting, the fact that God's grace pardons us, the fact that God's grace brings forgiveness. Uh, this morning, Jeanette and myself would be looking at the whole area of how the grace of God actually empowers us. And so God's grace doesn't just pardon us, but God's grace also gives us power to live each day. I am dressed like this because apparently I have been asked to appear in the courtroom of a certain judge. And um, some accusations have been leveled against me. Maybe together we can find out if these accusations are true or false. Are you up for that church? So you're going you're gonna to need to you're going to need to help me this morning, check to see whether I stand guilty or not guilty. So I stand in the law court today. I wouldn't tell you who the judge is, but he has invited me into his law court because three people have come up with some pretty serious accusations. They are going to bring these accusations up. Maybe you and I can check to see whether I am guilty or not guilty. We'll listen to the first accusation. It's a bit awkward, Sam. Um, I don't know if you've seen my work credit card, have you? It was on my desk, um, I think, when you were in on Wednesday. Well, Hannah, I know I share the office with you, but I, no, I did not see your credit card. Please don't say stuff like that about me. Guilty. Sam, we were counting the stock in coffee box and we noticed some stock was missing. I just wondered, did you take any crisps at all? Tracy, I don't, I don't even like them. I don't eat them. Maybe you should ask somebody else. It wasn't me. No, okay. no. Guilty. I'm wondering if you can help. I haven't seen my phone since Wednesday, and you were in the office with me on Wednesday. Oh, I, I do have it. a phone of my own. I, I haven't seen your phone. I haven't touched it. Guilty. What is it going to be, then? Guilty or not guilty? Guilty, because... 
The evidence is there. Thank you very much, ladies. Let's give them a round of applause. So, even though I am saying one thing, the evidence says guilty. And all of us at some point stand before God. And the Bible says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I find myself in this courtroom. So the judge looks at me with the evidence that is provided and he says, guilty. And the same judge says, well, actually, because I am guilty, I'm going to have to go into jail. I will have to pay for my crimes. And so they are getting ready to take me to start serving time in jail. And in that moment, one very special attorney or, or lawyer steps in and says, hold on a minute. Instead of him going to jail for his crimes, I will take his place instead because I have already paid the penalty for his wrongdoings. I have already made a way for him to walk as a free man. And so I will go in for him. I'm standing there thinking, who are you? Why would you do this? This is unheard of. You did not commit the crime I did. But he looks at me again and says, but I paid the price for you. And so the judge looks at this lawyer and says, you really going to do that? Lawyer looks at the judge and says, yes, because I paid the price. The judge says, absolutely fine. If you're going to take his place, then he is free to go. And so I leave that courtroom knowing that my sins have been paid for. This lawyer doesn't just leave me hanging. He says, actually, you know what? I would want you to come and do life with me. I'd love to teach you how to live from henceforth. I leave the courtroom. You leave the courtroom. What goes through your mind at this point? Because you're going to be facing life on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is where Jina is going to come up and share heart with us. How do we live in this new dispensation of knowing God's grace as his power for everyday life? Let's welcome Jine as he comes up. Thank you. I feel like it's only fair. Next week, we should have Sam Crazy maybe leading worship with Paul Mann. Are we up for that? All in favor? I've got to get you on board as well, yeah? Sounds good. All right, Sam? Can't wait. Um, I love that. So Sam's just painted that picture. I saw those videos the other day, and they made me chuckle. Jesus, our big brother, he comes in. That's how I like to think of him. He puts in a good word for me. He comes in. He takes my place. And that's what he's like, our perfect big brother. Um, I'm going to be talking about, so that was like grace for pardon. We looked at the fact that we are forgiven completely, 100%. Natalie spoke about this a little while ago, the fact that we are forgiven, we're free. It's an amazing miracle of the gospel. And now we're looking at grace for power. Grace for power. 
And um, this is this is kind of where I want to go. The fact that let let's let me pray, and um, I've got a verse to read as well. So, Lord God, thank you so much that we just even then in a couple of songs we got to just hear and be reminded afresh of your gospel. As Sam came and just showed us some funny videos, but also explained the very truth that you came and you died on the cross and you took all my punishment. Jesus, it amazes me. Come and reveal yourself afresh. Help me speak well, but more than anything, God, I pray your word would come and settle in our hearts. I want to again preach the gospel to myself and know that you are enough. Amen. It says this in Titus 2.11. You might have a Bible, but it's going to come up here. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. It's a good good verse, isn't it? Amen. So grace for power, the things that grace for power to live today that I want to kind of unpick from that verse in Titus is that the fact that grace appeared... And that grace empowers me to say no. And lastly, that grace fills my heart to say yes. So grace has appeared to all people. And then he empowers me. He trains me to actually renounce, say no to worldliness. And also he warms my heart. He fills my heart to want to say yes to the things of God. Are you with me? Let's do this. So grace has appeared. I want to ask you a question. Ask the person next to you. I ask myself this all the time. How good are you at preaching the gospel to yourself? Take a moment, ask the person, how good am I at preaching the gospel to myself? The gospel. What do I mean by the gospel? The fact that Jesus, the perfect son of God, he, he came down to earth. He, we're going to hear about that Christmas time. The baby grew up. He went to school. He got a job. He became a carpenter. He worked with his hands. He laughed. He cried. He went to weddings. He even walked up a hill with a cross on his shoulders. He lived a perfect life, but he took upon, like Sam just shared with us so quickly and brilliantly, he took the punishment of sin, everything that I've done wrong, he took it upon himself, and as the nails were put through his hands, he bore the punishment. He took all that wrong stuff that I've ever done wrong, all, that, all the stuff that is just broken with the world, We can look at this world and it doesn't take long to realize what sin is. It's broken. He took it upon himself and he died. And he took those things to the grave. And you know what? His body was put in a tomb. It was wrapped up in a tomb for three days. Jesus, the son of God, he was stone cold dead. And then this is the gospel too. He was raised to life. 
just like we sung about. He was raised to life. He even folded up his grave clothes and left them in a tomb. And he walked out and he appeared before his friends. And he said, I'm going back to be with my father, but I'm sending you a helper, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be like me with you anywhere, anytime. And then Jesus was seated at the right hand of the father. I'm going to nick a chair. Why not? He was seated at the right hand of the Father. So this is where we're starting. We're starting with the gospel because I say, how good are you at preaching the gospel to yourself? Because this is the thing that we need to come back to time and time and time again. When church is great, I love having this time together and hearing really good talkers like Sam and Paul preach the gospel to me. But when it's Wednesday and someone says something that's hurtful to me, or I mess up, I get it wrong, and I feel dirty and not worthy. Actually, it's remembering that Jesus, the man, fully God, now seated on his throne, his work is finished. The work of sin is done, and it says I can boldly approach this throne of grace. I can know him. I can know him. So just let, let that image settle in your mind right now. Think about it like we were singing, the throne of grace. Jesus seated right now, that's where we are, on the throne of grace, at the right hand of the Father. So the gospel, the, the grace of God has appeared, but it empowers me to say no. Let's look at that, that Titus passage again. Paul's saying here, he says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. So he doesn't say, oh, you're saved, you're trained, you're perfect now. You can wait for heaven. It's happening soon, I'll tell you when, and that's it. No, it says, actually, when you come into this amazing miracle thing called salvation, he is going to be training you. I'm a student of grace. I've never thought of it like that. Actually, that through this life, as I stumble and trip, and I'm such a rookie, and I'm such a beginner, he's training me. And I like to think of it like this. Who's seen the film Rocky Balboa? Seen the film Rocky? He's training to be a boxer. He, uh, there's all the montages, isn't there? It's an 80s film. He's running up the stairs. He's drinking raw egg. I'm not going to ask us to do that. But he's got his coach, hasn't he? You want to be the Italian stallion. And he's, and he's cheering him on all the way. And he's calling him out when he gets it wrong. And he's in the ring with him. That's what grace is like. It's gritty. It's messy. And I think sometimes I think of grace a bit like a butler. I think of Jesus a bit like a butler in my life. We preach this hollow, watered-down gospel to ourselves. We think, I'm forgiven. And the butler comes and he just clears up my mess and then I'd sort of do what I want. And I forget about the throne of grace. And then when I need him, I ring my bell. And then he comes back and clears up my mess. Do you know what? That's a cheap gospel. That's, that's, that's what... There's a, there's a quote here by a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a Christian theologian, and he says this. Cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves, we give to ourselves. It's the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. 
Baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. He's warning, he's warning us. He's saying grace can't be cheapened, it can't, it can't be compromised. You can't take the bit you like and not the bit you don't like. Because you know what? It's all good. It's all good. We're going to learn about that. Actually, being a Christian is not just passive. I think of it like I can say it with my mouth, believe it in my heart. Jesus, I love you. And then I'm just going to sit and wait for heaven. No, that's completely wrong. Actually, being a student of grace, training ourselves as he comes alongside us, as he's in the ring with us, it's renouncing ungodliness. What do I mean by that? And worldly passions. It's saying no to sin. Actually, he gives me power to say no to sin. That's freedom. Before, when I was dead in my sin, I never wanted to say no to sin. I just, it felt good. So yeah, I'll do it. But now I know about the grace of God and I see that he is all I need. Actually, I can say no to sin and he gives me power to do that. What does that look like? Dying to our old self. It's like not going on that website, not having that last drink, not joining in with that gossip, things that maybe no one else will see or know about. Things like forgiveness. We're, we're doing this in this nutrient series. Forgiveness. Do you know what? I, if someone hurts me, my natural reaction is to just hurt them back because that's what I've been taught by the world. Actually, when you come face to face with grace... And the gospel, Jesus doesn't preach that. And we see on the cross, he came as a servant and he came down low. And also, we, we're empowered. Actually, he shows us how to forgive. There's like the perfect prototype on the cross. But also, he empowers me to forgive. He actually makes me see people that maybe I don't like. And he see, makes me see them how, I, how my father sees them, how Jesus sees them. I can love them. It's, that is a miracle. That's a miracle of grace. Amen? It's renouncing ungodliness, saying no, having power to say no. He says what the world has to offer is like junk food compared to knowing Jesus and his grace. It's like, I've got something so much better to nourish your soul. Yeah, it might feel good for a moment, but I've got something that's going to last a lifetime and then some. It's good news, isn't it? Amen? Let me ask another question, just as we're at this point. Is he enough? I ask myself this countless times. Jesus, are you enough for me? We sing songs about it, don't we? We just sung one, and songs like... You're all I want, you're all I need, Jesus, my love, my everything. I think it's a really big question. It brings us on to my last point, the fact that grace, it, 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 he has appeared. He's shown his wonderful, powerful gospel for all people. He's called me into his fold. He's empowered me to say no. Actually, I can throw off my old self. I can die to my old self. But do you know what? He fills my heart. He warms my heart to say yes to him. It's not, 
it's not legalism, it's not religion. What I mean by that is it's not just do better, I'll see you in a bit. It's like, no, I'm going to walk alongside you. I'm going to cheer you on like that coach. I'm going to dust you off and patch you up. It's amazing. Is he enough? Let me, um, let me tell a little story about this. There was something that I was holding on to. I was a Christian. I was a teenager. I was a big rookie. And I was looking at this thing, and I loved it dearly. And... I remember sort of, I had friends around me who said, maybe that's not a good idea to sort of fantasize about this thing. And I think I kind of felt like that monkey with his hand stuck in the jar. Do you know the analogy? As long as I held on to that thing, I wasn't going to get life. It was actually going to bring me the opposite. I was stuck. And the grace of God came. And he just, the Holy Spirit just reminded me I actually went to um, the parable of the pearl of great price. And he just reminded me of the story. The story's about a farmer who goes into a field and he finds treasure. He finds a pearl. And this farmer says, he assesses its worth and he says, this is worth more than anything I've got. So I'm all in. I'm all in. And... Jesus was asking me this question as I was holding on to something in my life and I didn't, I sort of thought of him as the mean parent who didn't care what I wanted, whereas really in his grace, tenderly, he came and just reminded me of the throne of grace. Jesus on the throne saying, how much is he worth to you, Janet? And that's what it's like, isn't it? And like a, like a jeweler who would look at a diamond, and they would assess its worth. I looked to Jesus, and I assessed his worth for myself. And I, and I studied him, and I looked at the different facets, and like when a diamond catches the light, oh, my heart got it. Oh, Jesus, you are worth more than all of this. It's not easy, it's not fun, but actually, it's life-giving. I was able to lay that thing down, with snot and tears and all, and know afresh the grace of God in my heart, in my life. It's powerful stuff. It says in, in Scripture, doesn't it, his grace is sufficient for me. And I feel like, I really feel like he's asking us this question, am I enough? It's kind of key to living for Jesus. Time and time again, just assessing his worth in our life, looking at the throne of grace and saying, yeah, Jesus, you are. You're, you're what it's all about. You are enough. Grace says this. You are saved. Past tense. I've dealt with it. It is done. When a king sits down on his throne, it means his work is done. When Jesus sat on the throne of grace, his work is done. Grace says you are saved and you're being saved and you will be saved. It's all of them things. Grace says you are saved and you're being saved. You're being purified. You're being changed from the inside out to be more like me. And one day you will be saved. What do I mean by that? When we look time and time again, when we assess his worth and we look to Jesus on his throne of grace, I think sometimes he reminds me of what's to come. 
He says, look what I'm preparing, you know. And today we can do that. We can look to the throne of grace and get glimpses of the hope to come. We see it in scripture, don't we? The fact that there will be a day when there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more striving. There'll be no more talk of training or struggling with sin or things like that. It will be talk of just actually harmony and peace and being with the one who is more than enough. It's beautiful stuff, isn't it? It's beautiful stuff. Um, Grace fills my heart to say yes. He warms my heart. When we say no to sin and we turn to him and we say, Jesus, you are worth it all, we can know the warmth of his grace and love over us again. And that's my prayer. So if musicians, if you want to come and join us, we've got quite a lot of time. But I would, I would love to actually get stuck into some of this stuff. Um, I've sort of raced through here, but let's just go through that again. So grace has appeared. I feel like there's some of us here today who have never even thought about the gospel before. Maybe you're here today and you've never heard the name of Jesus. Do you know what? He died for you. Like Sam said in that analogy, those funny videos, actually we were in the wrong and he came and took it upon himself and said, your debt is paid. And that's amazing. And maybe for the first time today, I would encourage you to come and find someone and come to the throne of grace, receive grace. Should we stand up? Should we, should we, should we be active in this? Not... The other thing that we spoke about is that grace empowers me to say no. And I think there's some, there's some renouncing here to be done, actually laying down our old life. It's quite a painful thing like we spoke about. And I'd encourage you almost again to find someone that you trust and say, do you know what? There's something that I've never brought into the light and today I want to get rid of it. It's holding me back. It says this in, in Hebrews. We refer to it. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help and find grace to help in time of need. Let me read that again. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Laying stuff down at the throne of grace is the work of the gospel. It's the training. It's why grace has appeared. There's some things right now that even I just want to renounce. I want to say no. You are, you are enough for me, Jesus. You might just want to come in worship and just assess his value. Look to the throne of grace. And lastly, 
grace fills my heart to say yes. I think we can all respond to this. What do I mean by this? Grace warms my heart as we come to the throne of grace, as we come to Jesus. It's like waves of his grace and love come again. Suddenly when we see he's worthy, we go, thank you, Lord. You filled my heart. Thank you, Lord. And I think there's some people here that I've looked up to. You've been running for a long time. You've been fighting the good fight of faith. And maybe you feel a bit cold. Maybe your joints ache a little bit in this thing we call life. Maybe you just need to come and sit by the fireplace. Come and sit by this throne of grace and receive afresh. Just like that day when you first, when Jesus first came into your life. He's amazing. Come again. Come and know him again. Jesus, you are more than enough for this life. Your grace is amazing. I thank you that it is abundant. And I pray right now that you would come and fall afresh in this place. That fresh waves of grace would come and lift heads and lift eyes to your throne again. Thank you that you stoop down low, but also right now you are ascended. You are risen above all the mess. You are sovereign over everything. Jesus, King Jesus, the one who is shining bright in the darkness. Come and fill our hearts. Come and warm our hearts. Would we know you more? Would we love you more?